Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy you are here with us today on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. I'm an author, a coach, and a speaker, but I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people deeply partner their life with God, define their God-given life purpose, and really tap into the Trinity and all that has to offer so they can reach their goals and dreams higher than they ever thought possible. I take them to a place where they're empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so let's go ahead and get started. I want you to kind of understand that this show is broken down into three parts. We're first going to take a quick look with me on the subject at hand. So really kind of thinking about overcoming any sort of foothold, something that's holding you back. It could be a lot of different things. We'll get into that in a minute, but just moving past all of this. And then we're going to bring in Kristen, Kirsten, because we know that she has an awesome story. I, I'm not going to ruin it right now, but her and her husband managed through quite a foothold, some addiction, pornography, all this, and they are on the other side. They are my friends and I see them. I've seen them. They're amazing. And then the last section of the show is going to be all on taking questions from the audience. They've sent emails in and really kind of giving input from both of us that I think will really resonate with you guys. And you're going to have subject matter similar to this. And I think it really helps you move forward and see how these lessons and things we're sharing apply to real, real life. So let's go ahead and get started. Everything that I do in my first section, when I kind of look at some of the coaching tools and what I've been trying to work with people on, helping them use God to move forward, I do in a process where first we look at the problem. Whatever it is, we look at the problem. Then we look at what the word tells us. Then we consider what the gift is if we follow that word, because there's always last free will. Mm-hmm. And we have a choice. So the problem, the word, the gift, the choice, that's what we'll always do. So those of you who are listening on Voice America, I want you to know that if you want to see Kristen and I up front, oh, Kristen, and by the way, I've got you. I'm going to do this so you don't have to just be in poised position the whole time, right? <laughs> But um, yeah, so those of you who are um, on Voice America, you can go to Facebook and you just go to my name, Nikki Klegel, and then there's a Nikki Klegel Fulfill Your Legacy. That's my work page, and this is streaming live right on there, and I'd love to have you join us. We also put free downloadable links from both Kirsten or any guests that I bring on and myself, and those you're able to get to on the Facebook stream. So go ahead and head there. Let's get started now. So the problem, what is it? We've said that there's this um, kind of situation where we have a foothold. It could be addiction, but it could be even things like overwhelming um, pain that you're dealing with, overwhelming um, um, 
hardships that you're going through. It doesn't really matter. We want you to lean on God and not think that you have to do this alone. And I'm pretty sure Kristen would say the same thing, that really it's for us about moving forward and and how do we get to that place. So now the word, the word tells us this, uh, well, for one, the word is full of stories, Um, Jesus knew, and this is why he used stories, because he knew that it would teach us and that it's hard for us to hear the word and understand the word sometimes and stories really help. Another thing is people who are in between. I mean, some of us are full in on our faith and we go in and we devour the word and we can't wait to use it and learn from it. But that's not that easy for everyone. And and so we can capture everyone in these stories. Remember these stories and share them with other people. So the story I want to go to is just this story of this crippled man in the Bible. And he's laying next to water. And it's actually a pool that heals you. And everyone knows it happens because they've seen it happen. It's a, one of the miracle stories out of the Bible. And so this particular individual crippled man is very frustrated because he wants to be healed, but he's so crippled, he can never get into the pool. And the healing happens for the first person that gets into the pool. And so he literally starts kind of hollering to Jesus about how he's never going to get cured. And so sometimes I think that's us, you know, Um, nobody wants these footholds. Nobody wants to be addicted to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, sometimes what happens is you snowball into it. You don't even know you got there until your life's in shambles. And then, of course, you don't want your life in shambles. But we don't even we maybe don't even have the capabilities of getting in there. Just like this crippled man, he physically could not get in there before everyone else. So how is he ever going to be healed? All right. So this is our problem. Now let's look at what the word says. So, um, so the word, I'm going to have you reference two Bible verses. I'm going to get back on that story in a little bit in my Bible verse. But first, let's look at James. So James 5, 7, and y'all know the book of James. If you ever want to start anywhere, I love the book of James. My book is based off the book of James. But um, John, sorry, I love John and James. John's coming next. James 5, 7, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for autumn and spring. There's a couple things I want to point out in this. This word is very important for us in this lesson. First, um, I'm going to mute you. Okay, first, um, Patient on the Lord. Okay, so you're not patient on the word world, right? You're patient on the Lord. And we have to remember that when we're in these footholds, when we're struggling through these things, so often what we do is we look for our spouse to help us. We depend on them. We're trying to get them to do whatever they can do to help us. We look to even counselors and life coaches and our mother and anyone, even just anyone to to help us through this, but we have to wait on the Lord. Okay. Put our patience in the Lord. Um, Then also it's talking about, you know, I want you to think of prayer and hope and all these things. What are we praying for? What are we looking for? And where are we putting our hope? It's not just that we're expecting other people to help us, but are we hoping that our spouse can help us? Are we hoping that? Because we're supposed to put our hope in the Lord. Okay, the next thing is, why does this say um, a farmer? So see how it says, see how the farmer waits? 
on the land. Why is Jesus, why are they using a farmer as a scenario for the story? Well, I love this because a farmer has to do their part, right? They can't just put that prayer out there, which they should, but they can't just put the prayer out there. A farmer knows he can't do that and then sit all spring and when long when it's time for planting. You have to do your part. But I also like that it's, you know, it's wholeheartedly. We remember that when we um, pray and and then get up and go and do our planting. But when we pray, we pray wholeheartedly. We, we rest then in that. We've done it. We rest then in it. And then we go do our work. And these farmers know that. Then there's the next part of the verse. So let's look at the verse again. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord comes. So you pray to the Lord with all your heart. You wait until he comes. Second part, see how the farmer waits on the land to yield its crop. Okay, so that's the next thing it is here then, patiently for autumn and spring rains. Listen, why do they bring up this for autumn and spring rains? Because we know that comes. It's in this story because everyone knows the rain does come. Everyone knows that spring, summer, fall, these seasons happen. And that's how we can wait expectantly. But when we don't put our trust in the Lord, look for the ways that God works, understand that he does work. If we're not trying him out and using him for little little things that happen, we don't get that reassurance that he's there to respond to us. And then our faith is harder to grab onto. But the thing is, we're supposed to do it like the farmer. He knows spring is coming. And we need to pray knowing that God is coming. All right. So we've done that whole section on James um, 5, 7, 11, that verse. But, you know, I love John. So John is back at the story now. Let's look at this. So John 5, 8. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. That's it. That is that Bible verse. James 5, 8. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. This is to the crippled man. So I'm going to tell a little personal story. So my mom, when she was about, I'm thinking, 65 years old, she had back surgery. She had chronic back pain, getting to the point where she literally couldn't um, stand very long, let alone walk more than a few steps. She'd have to hold on to things and need to sit. And um, and now she was getting to the point where even standing was, the, they were crushing her vertebrae and stuff. So she had this surgery and um, and I know that she she did this. Like she, of course, prayed with all of her heart. I heard her and it was gut-wrenching prayers. Like, you know, you're just like, God, why are you not helping? But then every day she did her physical therapy and many would have prayed and waited because that was so painful. And day after day, she did it anyway. And now this is a years later. I don't know if we're looking at about 10 years later. I'm not real sure. But now she is in a way better place than she was probably 10 years before her surgery even happened. But it was discipline and she did her work and she prayed with all of her heart and God has been there for her. Okay, so we've got that nice story here, but let's look then how this applies for your life and also what the verse says. There's three things here. It's a simple verse, but boy, you could do a whole Bible study on it. For one, get up, rise up, Jesus says. You know, do what you can and put your hope in the Lord and everything, but do what you can. Um, that's why, I mean, Jesus wants him to do his part. He knows he's not going to get into that pool first, but he still wants him to do his part.
The next part, take up your bed. That's weird, right? What does that mean? Take up your bed. Take up your bed. I mean, think about it first for yourself. If you're having a miserable day, you're fatigued, you're wore out, you're you're tired of this mess, right? If you don't make up, if you don't clean up that mess that's behind you, it, it, you are going to crawl right back into it. And when we're struggling with addictions or footholds or anything that's holding us back, any of our messes in life, we can't just pray and then go try to do our work. We got to take, we got to clean up the mess behind us. And, and it's telling us that, and we need to understand that's what this verse means because it's too easy to crawl right back into that mess. All right. And then the last thing, I like this part. Then the last thing is walk. We have to then step into Jesus, right? There is so much that Jesus can help us with. One is take, um, cleaning, making your bed. Jesus is going to help you with that. Those are footholds. Those are sins of your past. The things that are making you messy are the things that have happened in the past, things other people have done to you and things you're doing to yourself. And the thing is, you do not need to be held to them. I want this, this verse. Okay, so... Yeah, we're in John and stuff, but I want you to know the whole um, slave to sin philosophy. That sin does not need to be a foothold on us. We can overcome it with the blood of Jesus. Literally, we can um, use him, call on him to wipe it away and then come with a new, fresh life. This is what I want for you. Um, We need to touch on a couple things, and I don't know where my time goes. There's only three minutes left. But guys, I just really want to um, encourage us to think a little bit about then, okay, what is the gift? The gift is we know that we get to get in this place then where we reap the rewards. Remember when I was referencing how uh, it our faith might be in a little place as we start to see uh, a good day, one good day. I don't care if you have to take one good minute or one good hour, but as you start to see it, you have to give God your praises for it. And what happens is we we always want to do this world alone. We want to muster through. We, we think we have to, whatever. And if we're not calling on God, like these verses say, then we're doing it on our own. And then we reap the reward of our own work, which isn't much. Sorry. And then we also have to praise ourselves, And that gets us a little bit um, self, self-fulfilling, self I'm confident and nothing will humble you faster than living in that place because it can't work. Listen, you'd have broken the foothold. You'd have broken the addiction if you can do it on your own. So you have to call on God. And for every minute, every day, every hour, you start giving thanks to God because then you recognize the foot that God has in this, the hand that God has in this, and you start to then increase your faith. And what does God do when we increase our faith? He rewards us with even more. And it grows and it grows. And pretty soon that has snowballed and the addiction is behind you. And there is nothing that I want you living in more than this full life, this overcoming, nonstop growing life with Jesus. All right. So then we've talked about now the gift, but we can't forget We also have a choice. 
And so it comes down to free will. We only have about a minute left, but I want you to think about a challenge. I want you to think about this verse where basically before all this happened, um, God was saying, Jesus said, how bad do you want this? Before this Bible verse even happened, Jesus says, how bad do you want this? And, And that crippled man had to speak it. And he had to say it. And I, and that's where I'm going to leave us is the challenge for all of you. You know, how bad do you want it? You, God, Jesus knows that you need to be all in. And if you're not, it's not going to happen. So get, get down on your knees, humble yourself, call on him and do this. Rise up, take up your bed and walk into it. All right, guys, we're going to see you after the break. I'm bringing in Kristen. I cannot wait to have her here with us. And so return back on Living Within the Sweet Spot. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everybody. 
everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klagel on Living Within the Sweet Spot, and I am so happy that you guys are back with us. We are bringing in Kirsten Samuel. This is very exciting for me. She is an author of an awesome book. I'm going to have her go ahead and share a little bit about her book and a, and a little bit about why I brought her on, but I can tell you that you're um, here and the audience that she's she's here because she not only wrote about it, but she lived it, and she has a lot of insight to offer. So, Kirsten, thank you for being here with us today. I'm so grateful. Thank you for inviting me, Nikki. It's a privilege to be here and, and to speak with your audience. Yeah. Okay, share with us a little bit about your book. Tell them how they can get to it, although it is posted in Facebook. So, if you're listening by, live on Voice America, head to my Facebook page, Nikki Klegel. Fulfill Your Legacy, and then go get that. She's got free t- two chapters um, for free. But yeah, share with us a bit about your book and why you you know that this message is um, good for you. Well, thank you very much. Um, uh, in 2017, on our uh, 35th wedding anniversary, I released the book, Choosing a Way Out, uh, When the Bottom Isn't the Bottom. And it is the story of when our life fell apart. Um, the, ba- the bottom line of this story is God is bigger than all of our problems. And he is able to transform a marriage that is broken, that is unhealthy, and that has a lot of problems. As a, as a lot of people would say, it's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he's able to transform that. But the thing that um, I was thinking about as I was preparing for this show was, um, God didn't just renew my marriage. He remade it. Mm. It is completely different. And I am so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. That is such a blessing. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Can you share with people a little bit about your story, your marriage story, and what was going yes. on? Okay. Yes. Um, I came home from work one day, and um, my husband got home, and he didn't look right. And I thought, and he was being, he wasn't talking, and he was being very, very quiet. And I thought, well, he probably had a rough day. He's just tired. Well, that evening, he revealed to me that um, he was addicted to pornography. And because of that, and because of where he worked at the time, um, he was in jeopardy of losing his job. And we had basically less than 24 hours to figure this out. Um, I had no clue. I didn't see it coming. And, um, you know, there are times when, um, when God just lets you fall into what you've been denying, what you've been um, uh, trying to ignore. And um, fast forward a little bit, that wasn't the only side of the story. There's two sides to every story. The other side of this story was um, we ended up in counseling. We ended up um, going through a lot of work and a lot of hard work, as you referenced in the beginning. We had to get up. We had to face the issues We had to make our bed and we had to start walking and we had to walk out the healing. And part of my healing was finally admitting and realizing that I was suicidally depressed. I was suffering from an anxiety disorder and I had PTSD and I had had it for many, many years and I had been denying it. And I kept saying that I was fine. Everything was fine. Well, if you've seen the movie, The Italian Job, Um, Fine stands for freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And I was every single one of those things. 
Yeah. So it's a good description for me. Yeah. So there's a couple things that I guess I really just want the listeners to, to think on. And uh, it sounds crazy to say, but to be hopeful in. Mm-hmm. But when your husband comes home, I mean, this is like a bomb dropping on you, right? Yep. But when your yep. husband comes home, you almost feel like, you know, he, he, I'm guessing, I'm presuming that even with the rest of the world, this is a lot of times how it happens. You get caught, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we think, God, why could this happen? You know, everything right. could have been fine. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> biblically, God always talks about our addictions and the things and the trials that are ahead of us and saying that he will not let us have more than we can handle and he will give us a way out. Right. And what we think is a way out, we are so human. Mm-hmm. We just do not get how awesome God is. That's right. But that uh, was his way out. I mean, was. that was God. The thing that he thinks, you know, ruined his life, set everything on the spin, probably at that time was the very thing that God was giving him so that this could all finally be taken care of. And it so, was. Yeah, it go was, ahead. It was a terrible. It was a, it was a very abrupt discovery, very abrupt revelation. And yet through that, God had already put people in place to, to walk with us, mm-hmm. to help us, to be the people by the pool, to be Jesus standing there and saying, okay, here's your next step, because mm-hmm. we did not have a clue. But literally within less than two hours of this revelation, we were meeting with a professional counseling couple who took their time, and the very first thing that they said to us was, this is not fatal. And we needed to hear that. I needed to hear that because in my book, it was, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But they also followed that up with, but this is going to take a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. And so we had a choice. And yes, God says that he always provides the way out, but sometimes the way out is the way through. And in our yeah. case, it was the way through the pain. Mm-hmm. It was the way into the mess that was in both of us mm-hmm. to allow the Holy Spirit, it says in Hebrews 4, that he is, his word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And there were many times where I felt that scalpel mm-hmm. in my soul saying, mm-hmm. okay, we, we're going to touch this spot. Mm-hmm. We're going to deal with this hurt that mm-hmm. you don't want to face. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, our Heavenly Father is so gracious and so kind mm-hmm. and so good because He didn't take me or He didn't take Dave there until we were ready. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was a layer. Sometimes it was just the first layer. He took mm-hmm. the scab off. Mm-hmm. And then He said, okay, now we're going to clean out the wound. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've, if you've ever had to be in a hospital and have a wound debrided, you know, the, the first thing that they do is they uncover it and they look at it and they say, yeah, we got to clean it out. Well, they clean it out. And the first level of cleaning is not, it's painful, but it's not that rough. Mm-hmm. But depending on the depth of the wound, mm-hmm. there's more work that has to be done. And Dave and I had a choice. We could either choose to run like we'd been running for 25 years. Keep in mind, this, came, this happened at 20, the 25-year mark of our marriage. Or we could stop, we could get up, and we could face the truth and go with where the Holy Spirit and God the Father and Jesus wanted to take us. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful 
um, example mm-hmm. of what it means to commit something to the Lord and to allow Him to bring the healing. We could not have healed on our own. Mm-hmm. We could not have healed with, mm-hmm. uh, no matter how good the counselors were, we could mm-hmm. not have done it. And we have fabulous counselors. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so Christian counselors or not? Yes, they were Christian counselors. So I want to say something that you spoke that just, I'm doing a study on it right now, but it just resonated with me so much, you know, where they said, this is not fatal. Mm -hmm. So um, what, and I want people to know there's so much hope and doesn't matter, but, you know, in Romans, I think it's an eight, but basically this, so this, this place of deciding that you're going to either walk in the spirit So thank you, Jesus, right? Who left the Holy Spirit here when he left. So we have the Holy Spirit around us. And Kirsten said that we couldn't do it on our own. We had to be with God God and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But we have an option because we either live in the spirit or we live in the sin. And when you live in sin, it is death. It is. And we have to remember that. And I love that this counselor gave you hope saying that this is life because you were now turning your back on that sin. You were turning your back on that way and you were going to go forward in the light. You didn't know how, no, but, but you were going to put your hope in it. And that's where your direction was. And there's so much power in that. And I just think it's lovely and awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get to the next question, ma'am. We, we spent a lot of time on that one, but it's so good. (laughs) Okay, so I know that you have a process. I always like when I'm working with coaches because now Kirsten and her husband, David, who are my friends, but they now work with people in this. I mean, you had a couple that mentored you through this and now you do this with other people. So you have a process Mm -hmm. and you you share with us a bit about this and why it's significant, the order or the three things or whatever it is. Well, the first thing that I realized, and and you'll see this, I wrote, it's, 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 not, it's not overt in my book, but it's there. And the first thing is, is that both Dave and I had to identify who does God say I am? Mm-hmm. So often our identity is in things that do not matter and they're temporal, they go away. But when you get the rug pulled out from under you, when your world has literally shattered, you are down to the bottom. You are there and you're saying, I don't know who I am, but God says, He knows who I am. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are my daughter. I delight in you. I have given you everything you need. And there's so many, so many verses. One of my favorite verses is 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. And the abridged Kirsten version of it is, God is the one who brings you through every day. He's the one who sanctifies you. And sanctification is a big fancy word that just simply means daily living. It means growing up and maturing in Jesus. And the one who calls you is faithful to do it. See, the work isn't mine. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing we talk about. Can can I stop you there a second? Um, The one who calls you, I love that, calls you by name. Yes. and, And calls you out of the darkness. Yes. And calls you a child of his. That's right. And, and so, yeah, yeah, that is so good. Okay, keep going. The second one is we stop and we ad- identify the addictions. We all have addictions and nobody wants to talk about that. Um, I didn't. I didn't want to talk about my own addictions. One of my addictions is food. And um, you, people don't think about that as an addiction because we need food to live. But if anything that replaces God in your life is an addiction. Some people will call it an idol. I'm choosing to call it an addiction. 
So that's the second thing we go through. And then we talk about the lies we believe. And this is where we start to uncover the hurts. We start to go into, um, I, I believed that I had no value. I believed that I was, I didn't, uh, was not lovely to look at. I believed that I was not important, that I didn't matter. And yet that, that is a direct contrast to who God says I am. So that's why we start with that. The fourth thing we go through is, what does it mean to live authentically? I didn't know how to do that. I had so many masks in place that it was unbelievable as they began to crack and fall off. But what does it mean to live authentically? And let me tell you, as a mom going through this kind of trauma in our marriage and in our home that literally could have destroyed us, um, I had to live this out in front of my children. Now, my children were in their late teens, their early 20s, so they were older. But showing them, one of the things that we were counseled was, are you going to teach your children how to fail well or not? And that's very humbling as a parent to to do that. But that's part of living authentically. And the last Mm -hmm. thing that we talk about is, what is the meaning of covenant? We don't understand that the marriage covenant is so much more than a contract. A contract gives you an out. A covenant does not. It is until death do you part. Uh, and, and God's covenant with Abraham, we look at that in depth as I'm talking about this, because God made the covenant with Abraham. There was nothing that Abraham could do. The mm-hmm. covenant was all on God's shoulders. Well, when you're in a marriage covenant, and it's the two people leaning forward and looking at God, because if you're not both pointed at God, there's a mess going on. Mm-hmm. God is the one who is protecting our covenant. He is the one who is growing us up in Him. Mm-hmm. And as we grow in Him, then we can grow closer together in covenant. So those mm-hmm. are the five steps that we go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hearing those, I know that'll work. <laughs> I see it differently, but it's so similar um, yeah. uh, how I work with my people, and and I know that I know that works. Yes. Um, okay. So you did talk about a couple things that I want to touch on, and we still have time. So, um, you know, who am I? Um, in your first part, it touches on it. I think. What was your next thing you talked about? What addictions do I have? What addictions do I have? And then the last one was? The last one was, what is the meaning of covenant? Yeah. So it must have been the third one. But all of them really like um, talking the about the, the lies. The mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just think that, though, you know, who we are, we listen to what the world tells us mm-hmm. who we are. And that lies. And also, when we're stuck in these footholds and addiction, the, we're, t- we're believing the lie that we are you know, whatever, uh, addicted to porn, we are a, you know, bad husband or bad wife or whatever. And so I love that. Um, tell me a little bit about um, your, nobody's free of baggage, right? Right. And, but you really owned your place. Mm-hmm. And I think about the parents who have children that are struggling with addictions or, um, you know, vice versa, you know, uh, the husband with the wife or whatever. Right. Um, how, how significant do you think your role is? And, and, and why do we feel like we're almost letting them, um, giving them the get out of jail card, you know, because, oh, I have my baggage too. And you know what I mean? So. Yeah, Talk to us a little about that. 
first of all, you cannot, the only person you have any control over is yourself. Okay. So if you have a spouse that is in an addiction that is really harmful, forgiveness is not optional. You must forgive. The, the Bible is, says that over and over and over and over that you must forgive. You forgive as Christ has forgiven you. C.S. Lewis said to be a Christian means to extend, to forgive the unforgivable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Yeah. So there's, as a Christian, we have no choice to forgive. Trust is a whole other issue. You, just because you've forgiven someone does not mean you trust them, mm-hmm. nor should you. If, they are, um, if you are in a relationship where there's abuse or there's addiction and they continually create pain and create havoc in your life. So first of all, you can't control them, but you can hold up a mirror mm-hmm. to them and you can say, this is not acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. I am not, I don't want you to live this for your own sake. Mm-hmm. I can't change it. What I had to realize was there was nothing I could do for Dave. The only person I could heal was me, and that was the work with me and the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I want people to understand is you are, and you are not responsible for their behavior. Their addiction has nothing to do with you. It is they're dealing, they're using their addiction to cope with their own pain. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the nature of addiction. We are dealing with pain. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard part. Yeah, yeah. So you talked a little bit about being able to trust that person again. You don't have to necessarily right now. You need to forgive them. But um, getting yourself whole with God is what's going to allow you. So many women that I work with that, and I I shouldn't label, I've had it opposite once, Mm -hmm. but the majority of the time, it's a woman who's trying to retrust a man who's um, cheated on them. doesn't matter. A spouse period. When you're ready to retrust um, that person, Oh boy, that is hard. And if you are not whole, you Mm -hmm. can't do it. And then that can be what is the demise of your relationship. So really the the understanding, I just want to appeal to you all in in knowing that get yourself whole too, even if there's been an addiction on the other side. We're down to two minutes. So I'm going to do this last thing. So I always like to say to my uh, guests that there are thousands of people listening. In replay, it just keeps going. I look at the numbers. I'm in awe. It's other states, other countries. Mm -hmm. Um, I love those people. I can feel those people out there. So thank you guys for listening. And now some tune on and replay, which I love. But um, what would you say to these individuals? One thing. First of all, I'm sorry for what you're going through. And I want to tell you that there is hope. There is a way through this. It is not going to be easy. It is not, um, you know, there are several steps. And the first thing is you need to tell someone what's going on. You need to trust someone who's a trusted friend, a trusted advisor. If you're a person of faith, a pastor, someone, you need to tell them what's going on. And, And this is not, like I said earlier, this is not your fault. If you are the spouse of someone who is addicted to pornography, to I don't care what it is that is destructive, if you are being abused in any way, shape, or form, you need to get help. So find a trusted person and go get the help. But there is hope and you can heal. That's all right. I love that. I think that's an awesome way to close. Um, You can reach her at, say, your website. It's kirstendsamuel.com. And if you want to get the free chapters of the book, it's kirstendsamuel.com forward slash free. 
Yeah. Okay. It's linked in the Facebook page. I want you guys coming back because we have question and answer after this. But like Kristen said, there is hope um, with a man. It is impossible. That might be how you feel right now. But with God, all things are possible. So return back with us on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. We hear, just be you, a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. I am Nikki Klegel. Kirsten Samuel has returned with us as well. Um, we are going to go ahead and take a couple questions. We have a, s- some good ones here. So the first question is from Anonymous. He didn't want to have his name be said. So um, the message here, I, ha- I am sick and I know it. I started innocently enough. It started with a few images that came across my phone and I would ignore them, even wonder why they were there. Others saw them too and would mention them at card games or game night. So one night when I was bored, I clicked on it and I have never stopped. He goes on to say it has ruined my drive for what was a wonderful sex life with my wife. I love her and am instead busy thinking about how horrible I am and see flashes of these image. I cannot stop. I have day after day said I will not look 
and I make it one or two days and then return. This literally makes me want to cry. I mean, it just is so sad. But this is what's happening to a lot of people in the world. And it's not just this. It's drugs. It's whatever. And it's called a foothold. And you've got it bad. But you're aware. And that's why I think I'm so sad is because I could hear, you know, you're, you're sad about it. You want this relationship back with your wife or whatever. But um, I'm going to give you three things and we're going to go to Kristen because I know she, I've not lived through any of this. So um, first thing is grace and insight. And so I want you to think of Romans 7, 15 through 20. Um, you need grace for yourself first. That is Jesus washing over you and you can get into and start living in Jesus. But listen to this. So I do not understand what I do. Tell me, um, Anonymous, is, is this you? I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, I sin my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it. It is the sin living in me. I mean, that's just scary. Can you not even hear? It's hard for me to read that text because it does this. It goes around and around and you're back at, I don't want to, and I do, and I don't want to, I do. And that is exactly what this emailer was saying and describing. And it breaks my heart, but you're living in the sin. Mm -hmm. And I want you to step into, rise up and step into it, walk into it, right? Take up your mat. That's the mess of your past. Give it to God and step into it, walk into Jesus, because you do not need to live in that trap. You need to live in Jesus and live in the Holy Spirit. Okay, the next thing, uh, yeah, I said that. I had notes here, so take up your mat and walk. Um, but remember the last little tip that I said in the very beginning is think on Romans 8. It's a study that I'm in right now because we either live in the law of the Spirit or we live under the, the law where we're slave to sin. We live in the sin. Okay, all right, Kirsten, what do you have for this gentleman? First of all, I am so sorry. And what you're describing is what my husband has termed the cycle of shame. And this is, this is unfortunately how easily you get trapped, especially into pornography. It is an image that flashes across and it catches your eye. And you are not alone. So first of all, you're not alone. Secondly, there is hope for you. There is forgiveness for you. Um, I would encourage you to read the book of Proverbs. There's a lot in there about fleeing from the woman who wants to trap you in this. And that is exactly what's happening. A couple of practical things I would encourage you to do is to go to covenanteyes.com. Um, I can't remember if it's .com or .org. But this is something you can put on any internet-enabled device. And what it does is it has filters on it. And it, it's going to monitor what you're doing. And then you decide... You identify a cup, one or two men that you can trust that will hold you accountable. This um, means you're, 
Sorry, I'm going to stop you. I want you to repeat this, the, the link or the site that they can go to. Covenanteyes.com. I don't know if it's .com or .org, but it's okay. Covenanteyes. Okay, keep going. And, <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's okay. No problem. Um, it's also on my website under resources. There's a link there you can click. Um, so if you can't remember it, just go to my website, kirstendsamuel.com and go to the resources tab, and you'll find Covenant Eyes there. Um, You need to talk to someone. You need to talk to someone. And right now, I would recommend it's not your wife. I would recommend you go find a a couple of guys, one guy at least. That might be your pastor. That might be um, a a trusted friend, a a friend who's going to hold you accountable before the Lord. You want someone who's going to hold you accountable before the Lord, who is so much on your side that they're going to fight this battle with you. The second thing is I would encourage you to go to Be Broken Ministries, and that is BeBroken.org. This is a, a site for men who are addicted to any kind of sexual addiction. Um, the founder of this, Jonathan Darty, um, himself knows this journey. And there's a lot of resources that they have there. The third thing I would tell you is identify a Christian counselor who specializes in sexual addiction. One, um, one I can recommend is Rob Jackson. If you, um, if you Google him, Rob Jackson, his website is robjackson.org, or it's been that, but he's changing some things. The other thing that um, he, if you search the integrated disciple, you will find Rob Jackson. But Rob specializes in let's deal with the root issue. And that's what you need to deal with. What has triggered in your mind? And then let's deal with that. Mm-hmm. There is hope for healing. You can break the cycle of shame. Don't give up. The fact that you're admitting it and you're reaching out for help mm-hmm. is amazing. And then the fourth resource I would give you is to contact Dave and me. Mm-hmm. Let us walk this journey with you. We would be honored. And, and we, we've been there. We've walked it. Mm-hmm. We'd be happy to walk this with you. Mm-hmm. or to walk it with you and your wife. Yeah, I'll email back in response to that. Um, so, yeah, and, and as she was speaking, I just kept thinking that you are not the sin. And earlier when we kept talking about, you know, um, you know, the names that you put on yourself and believing the lies. And you have to remember that Satan gets to us on purpose this way. He gets right. to us. The sin always comes through the flesh and through the eyes and pride. And we think of pride. The reason why that's in that verse is because you're going to have to humble yourself. And that pride is going to keep a wedge between, and Satan loves it, keep a wedge between you and God and all the power that Jesus Christ and God can do in your life. So so um, humble yourself. Just wipe it out and go get help, like she said. Okay, so um, we'll pray for you, both of you, Mr. Anonymous. All right, so Sarah is the next one. I hope we have time for her. So um, she says, my husband is gaming. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, right? So my husband is gaming, and I knew this when I dated him and got married but I was the focus then so it really wasn't a problem then after we got married I realized that he really enjoyed it and was giving it up a lot so I said yes but with limits I just want to like put up a little flag ding 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 okay (laughs) but then um but so I said yes but with limits and then not to take away from our relationship time was her limits but then he would start to do it at night and that seemed innocent enough Then we got to where he wasn't sleeping as much. Mm -hmm. Now we don't sleep together and he's so tired during the day. He doesn't act like himself. 
Well, you can see how this is just how sin works. It snowballs. It's same with that poor gentleman who mm-hmm. saw the images flash before. That was bad enough. He right. knew he shouldn't have clicked on it. And then he went and clicked. And then, you know, this is how it happens. And bless her sweetheart, it was out of like, and she can't take the ownership for this. This is his no. fault, not hers. Mm-hmm. But she she has to realize, you know, that's the way sin works. You give an inch, you give a little, you touch, you it roots and it grows. And we got to get you rooted in God and let that grow and, and wipe out the other. But um, I, I have three things I want to quick touch on. And one is just above all, this is a marriage of love, a covenant mm-hmm. of love. And love comes above all. And so, um, you know, your husband is not above all choosing you, not above all um, getting to church. Oh, and later down on her email, she talks about how now sometimes on Sundays, mm-hmm. he's too tired to go to church and then feels guilty. And then the next time he for sure goes because he feels guilty. Mm-hmm. But still, that's uh, um, something that he's choosing. And then remember in, and rem- remember, we need God first. But then the second one is, remember in the name of Jesus, the crippled man said, um, do you want, do you want this? And that is the challenge for your husband as well. You know, do you want it to end? And just having heart to heart. And he might not say yes right now. He might think you're overreacting and do all those defensive things. And that's okay. Plant the seed. Mm-hmm. And, and that story in the Bible is there for a reason. And then pray for him. Mm-hmm. Pray for him and pray for you. So that's kind of, I guess, my tips for right now. But I want to save stuff for you. You have about three, four minutes, Chris. Okay. The first thing is, you're right, he's addicted. This is a typical um, signs of addiction. Um, and um, if if she wants to email me by just going to kirstendsamuel.com and clicking on contact me, and she can, I will send her a free resource with uh, what are the signs of addiction. I would love to send that to you um, to help you understand conversations. The other thing is you need to begin having honest conversations with your husband. Now, this is not nagging. This is not whining. Grace. This is saying, this is, this is saying I love you. I miss you. I miss the special times we have together. The third thing I would say is what Nikki said was pray. You have the power of the Holy Spirit if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit will bring about the discontent in your husband and begin to reveal to the surface the things that need to be, that needs to happen. Because something is going on in your husband that he is medicating the pain with the gaming. Now, you may not think there's anything going on, but there might be something going on at work he has not communicated with you. There might be something that he's thinking about that's really bothering him, and gaming is a way to escape that. Most of our addictions, in in many cases, at least in my case and in, in my husband's case, they're based in the need to medicate, to cover up the pain. So the the authentic living, and is there someone that you can talk to, one person, that you can talk to where you can say, I need you to agree to pray over my marriage, to pray over my marriage, because God is able, he is greater, and he, is, he will give you insights into what's going on, not again to nag your husband, but to begin to ask him questions based out of love and to begin to say, would you, can you tell me what's going on? What's happening? Why, why is this so important to you? 
And, you know, we all need to have times where we can let our hair down. But that let our hair down has to be within the confines of that covenant relationship. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I, I like the idea of you knowing there's a message behind it. The few people that I've coached that kind of struggle with something similar to this, you know, um, yes, pain, but then also it, it God gets to us and Jesus gets to us in weird ways that we don't expect, but we do know um, not God and Jesus, Satan. Satan will do it in ways that we're weak. And so um, twice with people in the situation, um, gaming particularly instead of second edition, it was um, that person didn't like the idea of winning mm-hmm. and um, the challenge of succeeding and winning and they were good at it. And that was what kept driving them back. It was one thing that they were good at no matter how hard they worked at. So there's, there's something in there there's more to it, but we need to figure yeah. it out. We're down to 30 seconds, you guys. I hate this. I don't want the show to end. But Kirsten, please give everyone how they can reach you one more time and we'll close out. Yes, I'd love to give you the free uh, free chapters from my book. It's kirstendsamuel.com forward slash free. I blog there weekly. There's a lot of resources there to help you in, in various aspects of your life. And I would love to begin a conversation with you. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this time on Living Within the Sweet Spot. Head over to my Facebook page, Nikki Klegel. Fulfill your legacy. Don't forget to like me on Instagram. I also have a blog and a podcast. But Power Hour Royal is something new I'm doing where we bring faith and fitness together for near nothing. Please go check it out. All right. We will see you guys next week on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.